0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Saturday, June twenty second, two thousand thirteen. You guys are listening to episode one hundred and fifteen. Um, got a got a cool episode for you guys. If you're into movies and if you're into sports, that's going to be a big dose of this uh, of this episode after um, you know what unfolded um, in the. NBA Finals, which as far as NBA Finals go, I mean, I don't know if you can get a better series than that, that was, um, I mean, game six of the NBA Finals will probably be something that, you know, basketball fans, even sports fans, but especially basketball fans will be talking about and remember forever, that was truly, truly one for the ages, and an instant classic, and um, wow, so definitely going to be talking about that saw Superman yesterday. I'm going to be talking about that. I'm um, actually going to give some dating advice on this show. Okay? There's a lot of people that are like t- talking to me about like girl situations and stuff, so I said, "You know what? What the hell? I'll uh, I'll give my um I'll give my two cents in on that." And um and uh you know some butterfly questions, butterfly statements and all that stuff. So, uh you know, sit back, relax and get ready for a uh a uh, what I'd like to think will be a really good uh, TVE podcast show, episode 115. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody. Okay, so with uh, you know, with every show, I have to start with my sponsor. The Versi Effect podcast show is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app today on your iPhone. Butterfly Radio allows you to have access to all your favorite podcasts and send up to a five-minute audio message. Uh, directly to the podcast and um, they can send it directly back to you. It's a great app if you like podcasts and the new Butterfly Radio app allows you to listen to full episodes of uh, of podcasts on there and it's got everybody's podcast on there. So just go check out Butterfly Radio. You can listen to full episodes, not only of the Verzi Effect, but many others. You could also register on ButterflyRadio.com to start your own podcasts, uh, multiple channels. So check that out, the new and improved and awesome butterfly radio ok everybody so speaking of apple by the way I don't know if this is happening with anybody but <clears throat> something that's happened to me for the first time since I've had my my iphone got the iphone 4 on um christmas last christmas and wait a minute will this christmas be yeah I got it I got it last christmas never had an issue with the iphone excuse me I don't know what the fuck I keep coughing for but of course I don't have a drink with me and that will come to haunt me this is gonna be like a Brian De Palma movie where like the first mistake I made was not having a drink and then that's what's gonna come and be my demise in the end hence Carlito's way Scarface and everything else you know you fuck up and then Benny Blanco from the Bronx kills you when you're at the train trying to leave with your girl to go rent cars in paradise all right so I have I have the um, the iPhone 4s. I'm gonna upgrade it to a five when the contract is up, which is in uh, I guess what five months or whatever <clears throat> and never had a problem. Now I see like that I'm getting text messages. can't get them. Phone is freezing up on me camera froze up on me all kinds of shit so I will be going to the Apple Store today. And you can't be too mad when a product is so good and hasn't really let you down. You can't go that nuts. But at the same time, it's annoying because a good product, that shouldn't happen to. So I don't know. But I talked to other people who have iPhones, and they were saying that they also were having issues and that they were um, not able to, you know, not able to get, you know, certain things. Or people were saying, oh, did you text me? Yeah, I, you know, uh, you never got back to me. Oh, I text you back. Oh, man, I'm having problems with my phone. So... If anyone else is, let me know about that because it's really starting to annoy me. I'm going to go there today and see what they can do. But, you know, you got to get your text messages and shit. Now, um, I'm going to jump into this first. Okay, I'm going to jump into this first. I, I have to get into the sports because it ended a couple of days ago. So I'm going to jump into this finals thing. I'm going to talk about that. Then I'm going to talk about Man of Steel. Then I'll do some dating advice, talk about some stuff, do some plugs, and we'll get you guys out of here. All right. NBA Finals, Spurs, Heat, 2013, one for the ages. Spurs win game one, Heat win game two, Spurs win game three, Heat win game four, Spurs win game five, Heat devastate them, devastate them in game six. And then now we will talk about game seven but um i got I gotta talk about LeBron James here I gotta talk about I gotta talk about um, you know a weird series though too because although it was really good and each team won the next game and all that stuff and it did go to seven and it was a classic, it was very weird. There are talks of fixed there are talks of you know. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, just just um, the officials, like, you know, makeup calls and all that stuff. And when you're dealing with human error, that's what happens. I understand that. But some very weird and bizarre things happened in this series. Now, I don't think the NBA is 100% fixed. Like, I don't think everybody shows up to work. You know, the home team, the opposing team, the the officials, the, the, the commissioner, the people sitting there and all know... That some shit is going down or that... I don't think that. I do think it's entertainment like wrestling. I think they do sometimes maybe have been told by the commissioner's office to keep a game close or call it fair or or something like that. Because when the Donaghy shit came out, they did admit that like Rashid Wallace and Allen Iverson were problems and as soon as they mouth off, technical foul where they would be a little more lenient to other players. Which does it that that them admitting that does say that, you know, that does have something to do with the outcome of the game, the flow of the game and all that. Now, the series is up and down. Now, here's my here's my problem with with um with what happened. Okay. First of all, you will never see a team come that close to winning and not win. Tony Parker in game six hits a three over LeBron James. It was one of the biggest shots I've ever seen in, in playoff history, in, in NBA history, to go up by three. Then the Spurs get a stop. Tony Parker comes and he lays like a six-footer in. And now they're up five points with 28 points something seconds left. Then it goes down to the fouling game. LeBron James had two awful turnovers and missed a three, and that should have been it, and if you notice, when they went five, and the place was getting quiet and scared, and people were leaving, LeBron's face, he looked so shook, even when that inbounds pass came, he didn't even, he couldn't even handle it, like he was just, and he, hit a, he missed a shot, and then finally, the, the Spurs go to the line, Kawhi Leonard, man, Oh, my God. Love the poor kid. 21 years old. Misses the first foul shot. Makes the next one. Keeps him in the game. That foul shot being made ends the, ends the series. Ends the game. They're bringing the fucking trophy out, people. They are roping off the court. Security is there. San Antonio Spurs players see the, the, the trophy coming up. The ramp or whatever. And then... Now you got to give LeBron credit. He stuck with it, even though he had two horrible turnovers, which should have, in fact, costed them the game. It, and, and he admitted that there, there was a lot of luck. And, and hey, with every championship, there's a little luck. So, and but you got to give LeBron credit because he stuck with it. And he, he shot after he missed a shot, and he had the two turnovers, which would have killed his legacy, by the way, or at least for a year, it would have been really bad. Um, but he hits a three, and he. He hits a three, and then, that, you know, and that 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 made it down down to a three-point game. And then, you know, Ray Allen. or oh, that made it a two-point game, and then Manu Ginobili missed a foul shot again, hit one, made it a three-point game. And then with five seconds left, Ray Allen in the corner just has to step back and throw one up, and you all know what happened. He hits it, place goes nuts, tie ball game, overtime. Heat went in overtime. One of the most devastating losses you'll ever see. I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm a Knicks fan. Obviously, rooting against the Heat. Wanted to see Duncan get his fifth. You know, really, really did. Wanted to see the the Heat suffer and hurt because I'm a Knicks fan and all that stuff. Um, but the Heat, you know, the Heat won that game. And then, you know, going into Game 7, it's going to be really tough. I did think that they would hang, which they did. But in the end, uh, I got to be honest, sometimes... You maybe think there's a force in the universe, man, that really changes things because mathematically, like you know, when you watch poker and they see you show the hand and then the you know the, the the river comes out and all that, and you see the percentage, you know, one guy's got like two jacks and two fours and his percentage of winning is eighty-eight, and the other guy's percentage is obviously you know it, it's so the chances of him winning are just nothing, and um. I mean, if you mathematically had to break that down, if you got nerds together to break down the probability, and I'm sure ESPN Science or one of those places did it, but the chances of losing a basketball game in the NBA. And he, here's, how, here's how tremendously out of this world that, that loss was. Here's how crazy it was. Not only are you up five points, in a playoff game, with 28 seconds left, which is less than two possessions, okay? Not only that, but you're the San Antonio Spurs with that. You're Greg Popovich's team with that advantage. So if somebody said to you, if somebody had a crystal ball before that game and said, look, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be 28 point whatever seconds left, and the Spurs are going to be up by five points, in an elimination game for the Heat on the road, the Spurs are going to be up five points with twenty-eight something seconds left. And somebody said, "What do you think is going to you know happen?" And you had no idea. You just had to really. You, I mean, you're ninety-nine percent of the time you saw oh, the Spurs close that out. How the fuck did they not close that out? It, it's impossible to not close that out. Like the impossible that really was the only word for what games what what happened in Game Six, in my opinion was miraculous. It was miraculous. It was it was a combination of the Spurs choking and dropping the ball, a little bit of luck. Chris Bosh got those two rebounds. Tim Duncan, somebody made a good point. They said that, why was Tim Duncan out of the game? One rebound from Duncan in that situation. It's over everything that could have went wrong. From, from Duncan not getting a rebound because he was on the bench, to the ball bouncing back to LeBron or whatever so he could hit a three. To Ray Allen getting the ball with five seconds left. To everything. To the one missed foul shot. Let you know, man, that might be some higher power saying that he should have won. Incredible game. Incredible. I mean, I was up off my seat. I mean, that was riveting. That was insane basketball. And game seven was great until the last three minutes of the game. So it was a great series. Now, to LeBron James. All right. LeBron James, I figured it out. I figured him out. It took me a while. It took me a long time. It took me to take my bias away from his decision and and the shit with the Knicks and the Miami Heat rivalry. I I needed to be a smart individual and take all of those factors out of this and really be on the outside looking in. And, And there's a really, really... There's a part of me that likes LeBron James. I think that he got a really bad rap with things. I think that... I think he had bad people in his corner. I think he's a good dude. I really like what he said at the end of the game when they won about people judging him and stuff and that he shouldn't even be there. I had a big smile on my face when he said that. So I want to say all that stuff. But but what I figured out about this guy is this. And it actually, it actually, it actually goes to him being a good dude. Deep down inside, a good dude. Because a lot of his showing and if there are little arrogant things, I don't even think that's him. I think he's kind of... A really good guy. I think he's a soft guy. I think that plays to to hurt him a little bit, as opposed to being an ice cold blooded Jordan Kobe. But he's an enigma, and and I figured it out. He he is sort of like an A Rod, where all the talent in the world, but the one thing LeBron James lacks, and I, and this series let me know that he he will always lack it is. When the moment is big and he's to be judged, he he thinks first. Now, I give him all the credit. All the credit for what he did in Game 7. Because in Game 7, you know, he was having a bad first half. And then once again, second half, he exploded. He was hitting his jumper. He was taking shots in the fourth quarter. And he, he left it all out there. And that's why he's an enigma. Because he, he has it in him to do that. But he thinks first. He thinks first. And a perfect example of this is, if you watched, I forgot what year it was in the ALCS, Jeter, A-Rod getting up into the plate. And A-Rod had two strikes in the ALCS. He might have struck out to end the season, actually. And he had an 0-2 count. And I looked in the man's eyes at the 0-2 count, and all I knew I knew, I knew him, I knew what he was thinking. And what he was thinking was, how is this crowd going to react when I strike out? Holy shit, I'm going to strike out. I'm just going to guess and swing and whatever happens, happens. He wasn't in the moment. Um, Derek Jeter with an 0-2 count. He bears down. You know, may choke up on the back. He's He's there. You know, he's going to foul balls off. He's going to fight. He's going to fight. He's going to fight. A-Rod is like, all right, I'm just going to swing at this and whatever happens, I'm going to get booed and I'm going to go to my fucking house and, you know, South Beach and frost my tips and... Fucking eat sushi. like that. That's what the guys does. LeBron has a little of that, but then, and here's why he's an enigma, because then he has the opposite side of that. He has like, no, I'm going to attack and I'm going to shoot big jumpers and make it. But if you watched game six, LeBron James was bailed out of game six. His legacy or his, his MVP season and all that good shit, and I think rightfully so, Ve- definitely rightfully so. You can't be a star player. You can't be a, a superstar player. They want to call you best player on the planet. Um, Which I don't think he is. And I'm going to get into that. He's not the best player on the planet. He's not. He's he's the best athlete on the planet. He's not the greatest basketball player on the planet. I, I don't think so. I think the greatest basketball player on the planet has a killer instinct that is like Kobe Bryant. Uh, I I think that LeBron James's ability is the best on the planet. I don't think we've ever seen anything like what this guy can do, but I he, this guy does lack. Now, think about this for a second. In an elimination game, down five points, driving to the hole, he threw the ball away, or, or during that thing, he threw the ball away twice and missed a shot, and then San Antonio had possessions after that. If San Antonio... What, what are you saying right now? If San Antonio doesn't do that, what are you saying about LeBron James? You're saying he had a bad series... He didn't even get 20 points until Game 4. He had turnovers in the most crucial part. If you watched Game 6 when when the Heat were clearly tense because the Heat knew that the Spurs wanted to close it out and the Heat were tense and did not play well, Bosh was getting booed. You know, Wade, you never know what you're going to get with Wade's knees and all that shit. But if you watch, LeBron James was thinking. Every time his head is down and he takes the extra dribble, he's thinking. He was deferring again. He had two awful turnovers, and I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, this guy's going to have to go through, and rightfully so, this whole offseason with, wow, the Heat lost at home, game six, the Spurs, this and that. Then he gets bailed out, and then game seven, like, holy shit, something woke him up, and then he became the guy that he can be, that he is in the regular season, that he is in big games, 37 points. I mean, the guy's a triple-double machine. That's the enigma about this guy. Like, he went from almost being a goat but then getting lucky to going, holy shit, I got to do what I got to do. Where I think the great player, the Michael Jordan, the Magic Johnson, the Larry Bird, the 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 Kobe Bryant, the, the that player, that player does what LeBron did in Game 7 in almost every game. You got to give a guy a bad game, one or two bad games. You got to give it to him. But not like this. Not throwing the ball, not not doing that unless, you know, and and listen, guys, tired and all that's out the window. They're all fucking tired. Okay, they're all tired. You can't say that. Like, oh, you know, tired. That That's bullshit, man. That really is bullshit. You're in the NBA Finals. Everybody's tired emotionally, physically, and all that. And, you know, it's some people are just mentally different. But LeBron James, in my opinion, he doesn't have to get five or six rings because that's not fair. But to be considered what I think he can be considered, which can be one of the top three greatest players of all time, I think he needs a minimum of three championships, definitely four. And I heard Stephen A. Smith saying yesterday that he's got to go to you know the Cleveland thing. It might even be a no-brainer because you play with Kyrie Irving, it, it's a wrap. As a matter of fact, Stephen A. Smith said if he plays with Kyrie Irving, guaranteed, it's a guaranteed championship, at least one. I happen to agree with that. I, I happen to think that if Kyrie Irving's bringing the ball up, and you could let LeBron James do what he wants to do, I I think if you put a good role, a cast who who will want to be there to win championships now, now that LeBron is in his prime and LeBron is the guy that he is, but I don't, I, I, you can't sit here and deny that the guy, you can't sit here and deny to me at all that LeBron James has ice in his veins and this and that. LeBron James is mentally soft he's a good guy he's too nice of a guy I really believe that but then you know then he wins it and he's opening his arms and he's putting some fucking gangster face on and he's doing this and he's doing that and it's like yeah that's the guy you should be that's the guy you were in game seven but that wasn't a guy you were when you were about to be eliminated it wasn't I mean granted even though he had the two turnovers and the missed shot he did throw up a fucking prayer that went in in the end and for him it's not a prayer because he's so big I mean that he could he could hit that you know Ray Allen's was really tough too you know but but as San Antonio contributed and contributes to LeBron James's legacy they contributed to it in a, in a positive way but I don't care man I don't care you could say I'm hating I saw what I saw I watched the game and I watched and I remember texting people going why is he doing this He's putting his head down, he's dribbling too much, he was missing a lot of shots, he was deferring the basketball, and he was scared. And when it was down, he saw that championship go away, he was scared. And and by some miracle, they fucking come back and he did what he did in Game 7, which you got to give him credit for. That's a that's a basket. that's an enigma, man. That That's something that you can't, I'll never be able to figure that out. And Dr. J said it best, he goes, you'll be able to know how great he is at the end when you see how many championships he's got. He may he may be the best ever at the, at the, you know, he may do that. This could make him, look, here's another thing about him. He is 100% a different player this year after he got the monkey off his back last year. So let's see what he does now. Now he's got two. And now he kind of went through that game six. So see what he could do and you got to give him you got to give him that. Maybe all of a sudden he looks back at game 6 and realizes holy shit man I was playing a little tense at the end. I realize you can't do that and then he comes out and and he does become what a lot of people think he already is. But as of right now, I think he's still I think he still has a lot to learn, he's still tentative. And I think that his legacy was it was it's miraculous that it didn't take the hit that it should be taking right now. And he would have had to sit on that all year. So that's all I'll say about it, but you know, um, you got to give the guy credit. Thirty-seven points, twelve rebounds, unbelievable! Man, holy shit! And I, and and I said this, and I wanted to be wrong. You guys can go back to the Verzi Effect podcast. I said this shit in November on the Verzi Effect because every time before a season starts, I pretty much a lot of times make prediction on who I think is gonna win. And when Ray Allen signed with the Miami Heat, I said Ray Allen will be the reason they repeat. And you know what? I guess you could look at that as, dude, I called it because uh, that shot Ray Allen hits puts him puts him right there. I'm not going to say he's the whole reason, but I'll take that with my prediction. Last year NFL, what did I say? I said the 49ers are going to go to the Super Bowl against the Ravens. The 49ers are going to win. I was wrong with that year before. I said that the uh, Packers were going to go against. I said the Packers were going to beat the uh, Patriots. And it just happened to be my Giants that did. So I'm right there, people. You may not think... You may think I'm hating sometimes or this and that, but I'm right there. But no, in all seriousness, um, you know... It was a great playoffs. It was awesome. And um, that's it. I'll leave the LeBron shit and all that stuff down. Okay. Order of business number two. Uh, I have been performing this weekend at Levity Live... One of the top, beautiful, nicest comedy clubs in America, in my opinion, and the, in, the, in the opinion of many. Great people, great food, great comics, unbelievable stage and all that stuff. I am there with the Rock Brothers. I am there with Tony Rock and Jordan Rock. Um, Tony Rock, by the way, is fucking hilarious. Jordan Rock, man. I worked with him a while ago. He was this young 19-year-old kid or 20, you know, 19-year-old kid. Now he's 22, you know, just getting better. Really smart kid. Um... Uh, Hosting the show, doing a great job, um, and I'm doing 25 minutes before Tony Rock, and Tony Rock, man, holy shit! You know, it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard to be Chris Rock's brother, you know, be one of the greatest of all time, and have a brother that does it. But there are things that Tony Rock does that I truly don't believe or can see Chris Rock doing. He is a fucking Tony Rock is a fucking monster. Like he is, he is a funny, funny comic like, killing, like, have tears in my eyes, really, really funny, um, and, and it's been, it's been awesome to work with them, and we've been at Levity Live, and Levity Live is in the top of the mall, this is the most insane mall, like, I've talked about before, I mean, they just drop in, like, a, it's like everything, they got a yard house, like, a Joe's Crab Shack, a Dave and Buster's, they got a Lucky Strike bowling alley, they got an IMAX movie, they got the AMC movie with 21 movies in it, it's, it's like, it's like this gigantic place, so, I, f- I said, I got to see Man of Steel and do a review on it. And I knew I was working there, and the movie theater is right next door. Um, since I was working two shows late at night, wife and kids were, you know, out for a while with the mother in law for a while. So I figured, all right, let's go see the movie. <clears throat> Chris Lambert, who's been on the show, comedian, comes out to the show, meets me after my second set. We go, we go to the movies. We're excited. Got my candy, got my Diet Coke. I'm on this strict diet, but you know, if I go to a movie like that, I'm getting my, I'm getting my shit. And uh, what did I get? I got my, um, I got my Sour Patch watermelons. I got my Twizzlers, and I got a Diet Coke. I spent a fortune on that shit. And I go in excited. Put my feet up. No one in front of me, close to the screen, but not too close. And we're in it. We're ready to go. Could not have been more disappointed with Man of Steel. It was fucking awful. Period. And I was getting nervous because I was getting mixed reviews. I had some friends going, oh, man, you're going to love this man. It's great. Had other people going, it sucked. It was awful. Okay. I'm going to get into why it was awful. First of all, there had no... it, It was... Chris said something in the middle of it, like, this is like a bee. This reminds me of, like, some kind of bootleg. It was just bad. Like, you could tell it was all in front of a green screen. It starts off on the planet Krypton with Russell Crowe and the mother. It just had weird shit, like little robots floating in the air with tentacles and shit, and just, like, they made, like, Krypton this whole, you know... Like how about sticking to the original when like Marlon Brando or whatever when like you're you're on the thing and you could even have the bad guy getting ready to get off the thing and something happens. But how about just having like the lava and the explosions going on and you put your son in the thing and it starts that way, you know? Or how about even a cool way they could have done it was maybe having the capsule come to Earth and then do a quick flashback of how the capsule went to Earth like that real quick. Something, no, this was just up in fucking Krypton, Russell Crowe, robots floating in the air, weird like liquid metal type shit, extra shit that you didn't need, all done in front of green screen shit. And I'm like, all right well they're developing the character, let me at least give it a chance. So we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And then, you know, he gets to Earth, and then they have flashbacks of him, like, from, like, a dude, like, working, like, laying low to a, you know, to a little kid getting picked on and, like, picking up buses and shit and all kinds of things like that. And you never got emotionally connected. I I didn't. I don't think Chris did. I, I know Chris and I, we both left really disappointed. And then... And then when Zod comes to Earth and finds him and they fight, it was, it was just weird. Lois Lane is supposed to be a flaky, first of all, here's another thing. Superman is supposed to have that, that's fucking a must, that's a must. Gives you the chills, like fucking Superman, like that's the shit. They didn't have any of that, they didn't have any of that shit. There was no Superman music at all. And that was one thing that I didn't like right off the bat. Fine. I'll put that aside. Let's see how the character develops. And it goes from him not letting the world know who he is, being an older dude or like a 30-something-year-old dude, then going back to when he's a little kid getting picked on, all that stuff. And Kevin Costner plays the father, and he's trying to hide his powers and shit because he says the world's not ready. And we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. And nothing. Zod comes to Earth. Says that he just wants custody of Superman and if Earth gives him custody of Superman, he's not going to kill the planet. Superman goes to meet him and like, and then the and then it was just fights. So it was character development, which I didn't like and didn't get emotionally attached to, to then just an hour of dudes flying into each other, throwing each other through buildings and, and shit that was in front of the green screen. That's what I really saw in the movie. Another issue I had: the character of Lois Lane is supposed to be a little flaky, oblivious, fall in love with the guy. This fucking Lois Lane was like completing missions in, sp- or like doing shit in space. She was like, "All right, I'll go up to space because if they want me up there, I'll go up there." And she's like doing shit, understanding shit from the, like you know, no, that's not what Lois Lane does. In the first Superman, when Marlon Brando. And his wife made recordings for their son when he was at, you know, his fucking fortress. It was like pre-recording, things that he was going to go through and they knew about it. And it was questions to answer. You put the crystal in and you got the answer. That made sense. This, like Russell Crowe was like back in the movie after he died, like walking around. Just giving good advice about spontaneous shit that was currently happening on the ship. Like somebody who died would know that. Made no fucking sense. At all. So now my Twizzlers are done. My Sour Patch Watermelons are done. And it's just me and a half a Diet Coke. And I'm hoping. And I'm waiting. And I'm like, even if the last 45 minutes of this movie is gangster, I'll at least salvage something. No. There was one part of the movie I liked. One part where I got a quick chill and I go, Oh, this is awesome. Please just continue like this. And it never happened. And it was when Zod like, did something to Superman's mother or threw her or, like, you know, he threw a car into the house and, like, kind of pushed her on the ground and Superman just looked at him and lost his shit and just starts flying with him in the air, punching him, going, don't ever talk to, like, don't ever do anything to my mother. That was fucking cool and then it was just destroying a city. That's what they did. They just destroyed buildings, buildings fell, people ran, you know, there were eye lasers and things falling and you just saw little dots flying around, getting thrown into buildings, And that's what it was. Could not have been more disappointed. And I got news for you, comedy fucking nerds. Who who? uh, uh, I'm sorry, comic book nerds. Well, you probably you actually probably are a comedy nerd, if you're that much of a comic book nerd. But um, let me correct myself here. You comic book nerds, who shit on Superman Returns. Superman Returns wasn't great. I'll give you that. But at least Superman Returns tried to stay true and real there was music there was Lois Lane not knowing who he was at first you know the problem with Superman Returns is the casting wasn't good and the ending was terrible but they had something there and they just can't get this movie right they can't they can't get Superman right that's why I think it needs to go to J.J. Abrams who did Star Trek and who's gonna do Star Wars I, I really that guy's the man but I waited all summer for this And I know it's only the end of June, but I waited for like, from like March and April, knowing that this was coming, just getting excited, getting excited. And it was just devastation in the city, the city falling apart, you know, bug-like shaped spaceships flying around. That's another thing. Like on Krypton, Russell Crowe was like flying around like on a fucking, uh, on a dragonfly. With a saddle on its back. A dragonfly. Or whatever. You know, like it was, uh, like Avatar. It was stupid. It sucked. It was really disappointing. It was really disappointing. Superman got picked on in, like, a diner he worked at. And he just get like, takes a can to the head and walks out. And instead of doing something, he just, like, messes the guy's truck up. It's not what Superman's supposed to do. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to show that he really needs to hide it, but he was still mad. I get that. I'm not an idiot, but it, come on. You could kick the shit out of somebody and just act like you're real strong. The people in the diner will probably just think you're working out. You just grab the guy and, you know, just grab the guy and throw him through a wall or something and like, you know, till till he's almost dead or something and just have people be like, "Wow, I'm never fucking with that guy again." That would have been badass. I didn't like the actor who played Superman. I'll take it that far too. I didn't think it was real. There was no emotional connection with this guy. I, there wasn't. When are they going to get it right? I don't know. So I walked out of this movie theater after being good on my diet. With a stomach. I mean and I'm losing a lot of weight. And for this movie. I said I'll put fucking candy in my stomach and, soda, and, and diet coke. I'm ready. And I was. I was. It just, it went, yeah. Buddy of mine, James Goff, comedian, was also on the show. He said, you're not going to like it. He goes, I know you, you're not going to like it. The reason why you're not going to like it is because it's slow with character development and then it goes to a thousand miles an hour. And you can't even really understand a lot of the fighting. Like, who's fighting where? One of, like, General Zod's chick was, like, way too much in it. Um... You know, then they send him back in the black hole. I don't care if I'm ruining the movie. You, I, I I hope you don't see it. Um you know, then General Zod happens to be there. And then like he just snaps his neck. He just he did something he could have done all along, like I just don't get it. I just don't fuck I just don't get it. It was awful. What a disappointment. I can't remember the last time I was that disappointed, like, like, leaving a movie. And I was with Chris Lambert, who's, like, you know, he tries to like shit, and he was even, like, you know, he didn't even try to salvage it, he was just, like, yeah, this is disappointing, man, this isn't good. And Chris is the type of guy, he would, like, try to give, like, he's so into the art form and, like, you know, and, and, like, you know, appreciating what artists try, that he, I thought he would even be like, oh, you know, man, you know, they try, he was just like, nah, it wasn't good, and I thought I was gonna be here, reviewing Man of Steel, going, guys, this was the shit, nope, it's only Star Trek, Star Trek has stole the summer, the, the summer belongs to Star Trek right now, I have to see World War Z, and I'm gonna see that, just to get this bad movie taste out of my mouth, cause that was just, you know, so no music, Lois Lane knows he's Superman and she's like super smart and like goes into space in this one. So let me, let, 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 let's just, I'm not even, let's just break it down like this. After Russell Crowe, who plays his father, dies, he comes back in the movie and like is giving advice about current things that are going on. Okay, that, that can't happen, that doesn't make any sense, number one. Number two. Well, no, no, number one is no Superman music. That's number one. Number two, the ghost of Superman's father is in the movie a lot more, and he's, like, talking about current things that are going on. Can't happen because you can never record that. Like, you don't know what the fuck was going to happen. Um, like, I'm talking about to the point where it's like, oh, someone's behind you. Like, that's what the ghost was doing. Like, someone's behind you. Watch. Watch your back. Tilt your head to the left. Do this. Like, y- y- you know, you can't. That, that That's. Lois Lane goes into space in this one, everybody. It was just a bad movie experience. Saw a coming attraction for the butler with Forrest Whitaker. Another one of those, like, black slave movies about, you know, and then I got to see fucking Lenny Kravitz and Oprah in the fucking movie. That was, that was like an indication. That was like game six, Spurs losing. Like, letting you know game seven, it was pretty much going to be a wrap. That's what, you know, the butler coming attraction was like game six. And, you know, and Superman was... Oh my God, it was just bad. I wanted to be... I want Superman to be what he should be. Oh, here's another thing too. Somebody made a good point. I think it was Dave Stein from Hey My Man podcast who... um, Oh, I got to actually get back to the butterfly thing. I didn't do that. I'll do that after this. So I'll finish up with this Man of Steel and then I will talk about the butterfly question and then I'll talk about some dating shit and then we'll end it. So... Yeah, I, got, I was getting Facebook comments and people were talking and someone said, yeah, no kryptonite. There was no kryptonite in this, guys. No kryptonite. Superman's only weakness, not in the movie. So no Superman music, no kryptonite. I don't know what they're trying to do here. Are they trying to show me that he's strong and he's got lasers in his eyes? I, 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 I understood that from when I was eight years old. I get that. Lawrence, was it Lawrence Fishburne? He was in the movie, and like, I, I gotta be honest, it, it it didn't seem like it fit the role, you know? Seemed like an old fucking slow metabolism, Lawrence Fishburne. I didn't need to see that. The whole point of the guy who runs the paper was supposed to be that kind of like dickhead non-believing guy. Like, stay true to the story, but you could still make it awesome. You could still make it dope. I, you know what I mean? They just... I Please explain to me how it was good if you liked it. Tell me why. Why was it good for you? Like I'm genuinely asking. I need help with this, people. Why? You want to know why Star Trek was great? Star Trek was great because the story was awesome. The acting and the characters was great. You know, it was... Easy to follow, but really smart at the same time. It wasn't just all in front of a green screen, or if it was, it didn't even look like it was. I mean, they were because there were actually times where they're like walking into places, and when it did green screen, it didn't look like this. I guess when a guy is flying around and stuff, it's gonna obviously look more. I get that, but so much of of just the buildings falling and people running in front, like so much, you knew. I'll tell you another thing I didn't like and I know I've been picky about this about movies too but General Zod played by Michael Shannon he had a scar on his face and and I, I leaned over to Chris and you could actually see it was like Hollywood makeup scar and I know that it's makeup of course but it was done bad. Like during the editing process I would have looked at it and be like yeah you could kind of see that that's like rubbery plastic right there. I don't want to see that. That actually does take away from the movie for me. You know, like, get that shit right. Disappointed. Two thumbs, two toes down, everything down. All my digits down. All ten. Toes and fingers down. Now I gotta wait another three years for them to probably make another bad one. They haven't made a good Superman. But I'll tell you right now, Superman Returns is better than this one in my mind. I, I, just because it was just, I don't know, it was just more true to what Superman should be, and when he's flying, and and like, you know, he gets his strength back, you hear the music coming up, like, that's, that's what I want, it's like this, if you go to see a gangster movie, you want to see people getting whacked, you want to see gunfights, you know, you want to see some really, you know, you want to see some gangster shit. That's what you pay to see. When I go to see Superman, I want to see Superman's music. I want to see Kryptonite hurt him. I want to see him come up from the ashes. I want to see all that. I don't want to see some guy just flying around, throwing people into buildings and then like jumping away. And like, I, I just don't want to, I want to see what Superman was. That's why people go. People go to see Superman for that. Lois Lane is like a pale redhead and shit. I don't know. All right. I'm done. I think you guys got the gist of it. Over 40 minutes into the NBA Finals and Superman. Quick speaking of the NBA Finals. uh, One of the things on Butterfly Radio um, was just how people... I believe it was Cam, Cam if it was, yeah, I believe it was Cam and Jeff were talking about how the NHL is just the best, and I really don't watch hockey that much, but from what I saw this playoffs and what I've been hearing about this playoffs, I can't dispute that uh, both finals, whether it was NHL or NBA were awesome, but hockey Always going into overtime, always has you on the edge of your seat. Something can always happen with the puck going in the net and power play goals and all that stuff. And you know, this is the first I'm talking hockey on, on the Versey effect, but no, really, it was. Um, you know, the, I might even watch the end of this uh, Blackhawks Bruins series. I'm, I might end up just watching the end of it just because it's been that it, it, it really has been good. And you know, I know that Sports Illustrated put it on the cover and said it's the best and not enough people watch it or <clears throat> give it the respect that it deserves, um, but hockey is is awesome awesome sport to watch, uh, especially in the playoff finals this year, and, and I know that it's been up there competing with everything. And uh, people don't show it nearly enough love. I know I don't, especially on my show, but I agree that it's uh, awesome. And also, if you guys remember um, when I uh, asked a question, uh, Jeff from Arizona said that, you know, how does he, you know, he wants to get out of his job, and he doesn't know, and I did that whole thing about just get up and leave, or apparently, like, he was going to make the decision anyway, but I guess, like, he left, and he said from the minute he left, he felt like a new person, and he's still doing what he loves, but in a different environment, I believe he said, and that's awesome, and, you know, it just goes to show, yeah, man, just, like, don't feel trapped, but um, the the, the things that I wanted to address on Butterfly were how the NHL versus the NBA, and, you know, NFL is going to be tough to beat. NFL is just, I just think the way the game is played, the way the game is viewed on TV, it's the shit. You know what it is about the NFL? It's so unpredictable with with a pass that a guy makes a catch or like an interception or a big hit or something and it just plays to the TV so well and... You know, it's a short season. There's only 16 games, or or 17, you know, regular season weeks, and then goes down to the playoffs. And there's not a series. It's so you win and you keep going, or you're done. So I think like the whole thing with you know with the uh, NFL is different, you know, compared to NHL or NBA. But um, I do know, and I don't want to. I want people to know that I know that the NHL is awesome, and I I really am trying to get into it. I, I when I was a little kid, my uncle took me to an Islanders game. But I live way closer to where the Rangers play. I never made a decision on who I would be. I, I kind of leaned towards Islanders. But now that they're going to Brooklyn, and they're going to be called the Brooklyn Islanders, I don't know if that's something I'd want to do. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't see myself getting a hockey jersey and getting nuts. I don't know if I ever will. Just because growing up in New York, it is so much into Yankees, Knicks, and Giants, that, or Jets, or whatever, Mets. It's so into baseball, football, and basketball, I should say be selfish given my teams, you know, but I I, I don't know. But I do know that the, the NHL has is, is, is been awesome uh, for playoffs. All right, everybody. Dating advice. Here we go. This is a first. Uh, oh, unacceptable for the week is Man of Steel. No Superman music in Man of Steel is unacceptable for the week. You cannot make a superhero movie, okay? There's Batman music, even that, duh, nah, nah, like you know that that fucking uh, how does it go at the end when he's like, like you know that the whole fucking thing when he's driving away in a motorcycle and it's like I can't fucking do it. You know what I mean? They got that. Um, they got you know. Even the Amazing Spider-Man had like a theme to the Spider-Man thing. You gotta have that. You can't do like a Jason Voorhees killer movie and not have the... I mean, that wouldn't be a game changer for me, but it would be cool to at least hear it once because it stays true to it. But Superman... None of that. No kryptonite. So anyway, I would just say, but I'm going to stick to the music. No music, no Superman music in the latest installment, in, in the latest movie Superman is unacceptable for the week. Now, if you don't mind knowing that it's in front of a green screen and all that stuff and like, you know, overly action and just the destruction for so long, maybe you will like it, but I didn't like it. That's unacceptable for the week. No music. Now, dating advice. Here we go. It's a good podcast. I know it is. You know how I know? 48 minutes went by. I feel like I've been doing this 10 minutes. So fuck you people. I'm giving you guys the goods here. Hope you're enjoying it. I think I'm nailing it too. You know how I know? Because I'm focused. I'm focused. When I get a little angry, I get focused. When my back's against the wall, I get more focused. And I feel like this movie put my back against the wall. A lot of guys tell me about their women, and they say things like, oh, man, you know, I just don't know how to handle, it. I used to do that, I used to be there, you know, I was in a lot of relationships, I'm a relationship guy, I was never, I was really bad, I was never the type of guy that could just like, have sex with a girl, and then be like, hey, I'm not gonna talk to her, like, you know, I would get like emotionally connected like a fucking bitch, you know. I would like make out with a chick and fucking date her for 3 months just cuz I, I you know I was just one of those guys. Um you know, just like jump right in way too early. And but I learned a lot. And here's why. Here's one thing, you know, and I'm not going I'm not going to sit here and lie and bullshit, but I'm I was you know, I got a lot of my friends, older and younger, used to come to me for advice cuz I was I was good with with, with you know <clears throat> relationships and and uh and women and stuff and I think it was because I was I dealt with it at a really young age and here's why. My mother moved me a lot. And it's something that I, I think it's is part of my insecurity and some of the stuff that I you know deal with today is is because of that. Because I would get really popular and I would either play sports or, or just like just you know just be a popular dude where I was at. And then like four years later my mom would move me and I would have to like start over. And it really fucked with me. And I understood you know my parents were, were doing shit to, to better their shit. But it, it bothered me. But you know the way they say like the girl the girls love the new kid on the block. So I would like show up and I was kinda like this I heard a girl say something once about another guy. She was like, Yeah, he's mysterious. I don't know if you'll call it that, but I was like this new fucking guy showing up and you know, when you talk to me I was outgoing. And stuff, and you know, I, I, you know, my personality. I was one of those, you know, I had I, I didn't just sit there. Like I would talk to you. if You talked to me and shit. And um, girls liked it, so they would come up to me young, and I kind of understood young. Like, you know, uh, this is, you know, girls wanted to be around me more because I was always new. So they like liked me more, and I was like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm, I'm the man. <laughs> but it was probably just because I was a new kid on the block, so to speak. So I dealt with women a lot. I dealt with girls, women, whatever you want to say, younger. And, and I started to realize like what they did. And the best advice, the best advice that I could give anybody who is wants to be with a girl, um, doesn't know how to react because the girl is always changing her stance on where they're at. The best advice I would give would be to say, walk away. I remember a long time ago when i was first starting doing comedy i was like 21 years old and i was uh, selling phone cable internet door to door in manhattan and queens and all that and i remember going to work and i was telling one of the guys he actually didn't end up leave passing the train or like he ended up leaving before the, our training was over but in training this one guy was talking about this 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 uh, girl that i was trying to get with and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm close, man, I'm close. I think she likes me, but I don't know. And this guy was older. Like this guy was probably in his mid to late 30s, maybe 40, and I was 21. And he goes, just keep your mouth shut and you'll be all right. Just shut up because we like to talk too much. We like to try to reinforce to the girl like what we're trying to do. We try, just shut up. And I always thought about that and it made sense. Don't talk too much. Don't try too hard. Don't let them see you trying too hard. But walking away, you know, it truly is. The guy that chases is never going to, so, you know, and be, and, 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 you know, we said it before, like, if, if you're one of these guys right now that has a girl at work you want to talk to, you don't know how to do it, or has a girl that like you could call, but you don't know if it's time to call or whatever, the best thing to do is lay it out on the table and then walk away. Because a woman can't stand that. Women literally can't handle that shit. If you tell a woman to go fuck herself and you want nothing to do with her, she will love you. Fucking love you. It's the caring. It's, it's the whole, it's the game. It's the whole caring so much and doing that. That's what the problem is. Can't do it. You got some girl that flirts with you on Twitter or you have a girl that comes on to you and sends you messages on Facebook or gives you mixed messages when she calls but she loves the fact that you're around, walk away from that bitch. I'm busy going to the movies with a friend, call me later or I'll call you later, then don't call her. Because you need to let these chicks know there's other chicks out there that aren't going to play that fucking game. And I don't need your crazy ass. I don't. I don't. You without me is your loss. You lose. Because I'm the shit. That's how you got to look at it. That's how you got to look at it. What are you going to do? Not be with some crazy broad that wants attention and is all over the place? Fuck her. Fuck her. Let her do that shit to the next asshole that's going to take it and accept it. That's who needs to be with her because that's the dude that she's going to control. Walk away. This isn't going to be some... This this piece of advice on this show is not going to be... This is for the dudes that don't know what to do. We've talked about this a little bit, but I'm talking about like... I'm going straight for the throat now. For the dudes that like a girl and don't know what to do. Walk away. Don't have to be disrespectful. You have to say fuck you bitch. You don't have to do that. But walk away. You basically say fuck you, bitch, in your in your diplomatic way. Because what I'm basically saying is is that, but not that. Cause you want to be able to see that person and not have it awkward. You want to be able to say, just say whatever. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be here. And just, you know. Some of these girls got dudes and they like you. They don't know how to break up with a dude, but dead it. And almost let them know that you know they're in a shitty situation. I was there before once too. Just like yeah, you're in a shitty situation. I'm not fuck this. Like you, you know, it's your bad. And, and and women, if you're listening to this, I'm not. I'm really not trying to be disrespectful or crude to you. And I'm really not trying to be, um, you know. But see, that's why I married my wife because there wasn't really no games. It was just straight up. And I'll tell you, once there was, once it did try to get like that, that's when I walked away, and that's when I flipped it. And I'm just being as real as I possibly can right now. Matter of fact, I'll give. If you don't know the story, I'll give you the story. I dated my wife. Me and my wife were like hanging out for like five months, and I wanted to be more than friends. And it got to the point where like she didn't know, and she didn't. And I was done, and I was literally done. And for all you guys going, yeah, well, do you practice what you preach? I'll tell you what happened. This is 100% true. I might have said this once on the show before, but this is for all the dudes out there who are are going through this. And I said to my brother, man, this chick, man, like I, I just, you know, I'm trying to be nice. We hang out, but like, I don't think she wants more. And I'll never forget. My brother just goes, dude, it's her loss. It's her bad. Just whatever. Forget it. Let's go to the movies. And it was the most, it was like this easy, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. And I mentally was done. I was like, I'm done. And you know what? The only way is if I hear from her this weekend, that's it. I'm done. Let her find the next dude. It's weird saying that because I got two kids and she's out with them right now. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And guess what happened? On the way to the movies, she texted me, I miss you. And I, and that was the first time she had ever reached out like that. And it was the weirdest thing because I was just... And I literally was done. Like It wasn't like those, you know, bullshit, I'm done. If you walk away and you let somebody know that you know your self-worth and shit, it's a, it's a wrap. So walk away, fellas. You don't need it. Now I'll give you good dating advice when you're on a date, and I'm going to wrap this up we're almost at an hour. But let's say you get past all that bullshit and the girl comes around or what you want to happen starts to happen. When you go on date when you go on a date with her and you're sitting there and, and you're hanging out, the best thing to do to really find out if the chick is cool is to not play that old like like it's not like really just kind of be you. And I know that people are like, oh, that's easy advice, just be you. But people aren't usually really them. Let them know your opinions. Feel them out. Feel them out with their, out with their political opinions, if that's something that's on your mind. Feel them out if they like sports, if that's what's on your mind. Feel them, feel them out of what kind of person they really are. If you, could f- if you could find a way to be as much yourself as you can and then find what they're, find what they're about, it's going to help you so much. Because if you could expedite all the bullshit or like everything is fine, I like what you like, you like what I like, this is great. If you could expedite that and cut, cut out the fat, you're going to find out if you can get rid of the headache real early. But don't you don't need anybody. You don't. You got to look at it like they're going to need you. But you don't need them, or 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 as opposed. Uh, maybe I should say it differently. Maybe you know, it'll be their loss, not yours. That's what I should say. They're not gonna need you, but it'll be their loss, not yours. Cause I got too many friends, and that's why I'm talking about this on the show. I got too many friends. Like, yeah, man, I don't know this. What do you think I should do? Like, this girl said this, and and, this, and it's always like this, and it's just like fucking. Just tell them the fuck off. Walk away. What do you think? She doesn't like that you're calling and you're finding out. You don't think she's telling her friends, yeah, this and that. Like, no. Just walk away. Don't call them. And then they're going to come, are you mad at me? Huh? Are you mad at me? Did did I do? And it's just like, no, I'm not mad. I'm just busy. I'm busy. You know? Go fucking, go to the mall with your friend. I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm busy. And then fucking don't call her. Are you mad at me? Did I? I know. It's just that I didn't. Shut the fuck up. How about that? How about you shut your fucking mouth. And I don't want to hear your bullshit excuse. I asked you to come out to eat. You don't want to come out to eat. I'm not going to fucking chase you. Okay? I wanted to take you out to a meal. Maybe go check out a movie. Hang out. Maybe fuck you in the end. No. No. And that's the thing. You can't do that early anyway. If if you're serious. I just didn't want to go out. Because you know like. My friend wanted to go out and eat. You know she's going through problems with her boyfriend. Fuck it then. Go out with your friend and talk to her about her boyfriend. But I'm not going to be the dude. That you're going to go out with her and talk about. I'm telling you guys. Listen to me. Walk away. Walk away. And watch how you flip it. Because that's what you're going to do. Yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, I didn't know what your intentions were, and I wanted to see if, no, fuck you, or then you get the girls who's like, well, you know, I didn't want to go out on a date, I know I start talking like a dude for a second, that'd be weird if she was like, yeah, you know, I didn't, (laughs) but then you get the girls who are like, I didn't want to go on a date with you because I didn't want you to get the wrong, you know, I didn't want you to get the wrong impression because, you know, right now I'm going through something. I just broke up, so I didn't want you to think that if you took me to Applebee's, okay, fine, fine, and then just don't ask her again, and then she's going to realize, oh, this dude was going to take me on. and then you go and just keep moving and do what you do. It's amazing when you're nice and you give power because of being nice, you lose the power. You lose everything. Isn't that amazing? Like that's, that's the, the balance of life in this world. That's, that's the irony of everything. You're nice. You give people options. You give people power. You're nice to them. You want to give them things. You want to take them out. You want to give yourself to them. You want to do all that. And you're given that and that's a nice thing. And and it comes back, and what it does is it strips you of everything you give them, and they treat you like that. That's why you walk away. Don't let it happen. I'm on some Steve Harvey shit right now. First Effect Podcast Show, Episode One Fifteen. The theme of this podcast, everybody. It was an amazing playoffs in the finals for the NBA. Man of Steel sucked. And you walk away from these women. Okay? You walk away. I want every man to do one thing for me this week. If you're going through what I'm talking about with a woman, that's what I want you to do. I want you to do it. Then I want you to get in touch with me on either Butterfly or I want you to get in touch with me on my Facebook message. Um... You know, if you have a podcast and you want to talk about it on your podcast and then send it to me, however you want to get in touch with me, get in touch with me. But this is what I want each and every one of you to do. If you're going through this with a girl, she's giving you mixed signals. You don't know. You like her. She acts like she likes you one day. She acts like she doesn't like you another day. It's driving you nuts. It's preoccupying your thoughts. This is what I want you to do. I want you the next time you communicate with this individual to say the following things. Okay? Now, I know right now you guys are paying attention real good. I know you're either at your cubicle or you're on your treadmill. You had to slow down the treadmill a little bit. <laughs> like, do do, do 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 back down like, you know, you stop the incline on the hill. You're like level now or even going downhill. <laughs> you're in the car hoping traffic comes. Here's the thing. I got guys whose wives do this shit too. Real quick, I'm gonna get to what I want you to do. I got friends who are married, who are like, "Oh yeah, no, she, she was, you know, she needs it." Or, "No, no, no, her family. She's got to, you know, we gotta, you know, it's it's about her family and and seeing her family and, and what she wants and what she does and what she does. That's bu- that's fucked up too. And those guys need to put their foot down and say, you know something, I've been good enough this long." fuck you, we're doing it this way, this time, period, you got to put them in their place, man, I'm serious, and I'm not trying to act tough, you know, I'm really not, because my wife appreciates the fact that sometimes I'll come at her in a certain way, but she also doesn't appreciate it and goes at me and puts me in my place, and that's what it is, it's a give and a take, that's what a relationship should be. You know, if I'm out of line, my wife would be like, that's fucking ridiculous. You know something? Like a man, I'll go up to her and I'll apologize. And I'll be like, you know what, you're right. But my wife also appreciates that I'm not some pussy who's going to take it. And there's a lot of dudes out there. Well, you know, my wife, she she definitely wants to do this. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want those problems and stuff. That guy's a fucking pussy, man. Or sometimes, they, well, you know, my mom thought, so me and my mom, they like to gang up with their mom. Sometimes, fuck that too. Nick that shit in the butt. You're like, oh, really? Really? You and your mom are talking? Well, here's here's the here's the best part. Um, I didn't marry your fucking mother. Do you understand that? Even though she was there that day, uh, I didn't fucking marry her, nor do I give a fuck about her opinion. So let's get that out of the way right now. And number two, we're going to get through this shit together, not you and your fucking, you know, little fucking huddle, huddle up with people that are not me. How about that? I'm telling you, guys, if you're married and your wife does that shit to you, and I know some of you guys are listening to this, Don't let that shit happen because they will fucking make you do that shit to your grave, man. And again, this isn't some tough guy shit. This isn't an F woman thing. If you're taking that from this thing, you're not paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a two-way street. I'm talking about guys that get taken advantage of. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about regular, you know, relationships, which it should be when the woman does the right thing. And ladies, this goes for you too. If you got a man doing this shit and he's trying to run everything and tell you everything, you need to put your foot down and go, no, fuck that! This, this is a two-way street right now. But the, the, the point of the podcast for anybody going, well, why is he picking on women? No, no, no. What I said at the beginning of this segment was that I have friends that are going through this with women. They don't know how to deal with it with women. And that's what I'm saying how to deal with it. I'm going from my perspective because I'm a man. If I was a woman, I'd give you that perspective. I'm a man. I'm giving you the perspective that I have from going through this shit. But it's not too late for you married dudes who handed your balls in a long time ago and you cut your fucking balls off and they're sitting in your wife's purse right now while she's walking around, you know, New York and company, and you're sitting outside looking over the balcony contemplating whether you want to jump over the fucking thing. I'm talking to you. Don't let it happen. Put your foot down with some things. And you know what you do when you do when they look kind of shocked? Like, wow, this isn't like you. Yeah, I know it's not like me because you've been kicking the shit out of me for the past fucking 10 years. That's why. This is me now. This is not how it's going to go down. Go fuck yourself if you think it is. Here's what I want you guys to do, though. If you're going through this shit with a girl. Oh, my God. The Verzi effect just got real. You know, fine. Maybe I'll lose 10 women listeners. That's Okay. They're not paying attention if, if, they, if I lose them, they're not paying attention. Who are you kidding? This shit's turning some women on. Some women are like, I want to I wanna go to his show. Um, what I want you to do is if you're going through this shit with the girl, you're dating, she's giving you the mixed signals and you don't know. One day you think she's throwing you an alley-oop and then the next day she's throwing it out of bounds or you're just really confused. Next time you talk to her, be a little more distant. And I want you to go, look, you know, um, I tried to chill with you. I tried to hang with you. That's what I wanted to do. I like you. I think you're really, think you're really cool. And that's, you know, I would love to hang out with you. That was my whole point. But like the last thing I want to do is be a bother. And the last thing I want to do is put you in a position where you don't know. So like, I'm just kind of, you know, whatever you want to do, do. But, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with this right now. So. Good luck to you man. I hope you find a good dude. I hope you get, you know, find whatever the fuck it is you're looking for, or you want. That's great. But I'm I'm you know, I really don't want to be the dude to a make you feel like this and and also I can't be like, "Oh man, I really like this chick." And um you know, I, I really like this girl and and you know, I would love to hang out with her and stuff. I can't be that guy who wants that and then just getting mixed signals and thinking about it. You know, I'm just I'm just I I can't do that right now. I'm not at the point in my life where I could do that. So, um, you know, good luck to you, you know, I hope you find whatever, but I'm, I just can't, I'm not gonna play this game with you, you know, but I still think, you know, everything's cool, I wish you the best, and then just fucking bounce. Watch what happens, everybody, when you do that. And you'll know, because a real good girl, a smart woman, would actually go, holy shit, man, this dude just totally came at me with some real stuff, but he doesn't want to put himself through stuff, and he's actually making this... Makes sense for me. Um, I have really something to think about. And you'll get your answer. You'll know. That's what you got to do. Too many dudes are afraid of that. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to lose a girl that you shouldn't have been with anyway. It doesn't matter. And I had news for you. Life's too short to chase a cunt. All right. That's the, uh, that's the, the dating part of this podcast. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, I I think this podcast is probably going to be one of my favorites. Um, I've enjoyed speaking to you people today. I've enjoyed destroying Man of Steel. I've enjoyed talking NBA. I've enjoyed answering my butterfly people. I've enjoyed this podcast. Um, and We're an hour and ten minutes in and I really feel like I just started. This is a good one. So you got to bear with me if the next two are awful. I'm kidding. I would not do that to my listeners. So that's it, everybody. Let's get through some plugs here. Okay. And let me know with all the advice I gave you. That should be a t-shirt. Life's too short to chase a cunt. That's mine. Copyrighted by Paul Verzi. Do not use that. Uh, <laughs> let me know what happens, man. And I, I was serious. Like, I I mean, I know that, I, you know... Sometimes you can sound like I'm joking and stuff like that and, and, you know, but I'm really being serious. I want you to do that, what I just said. I'm really, I'm telling you, that's going to really help you. And and, and if you are a guy in a relationship who, man, maybe it's too late for me, no, it's not. You just got to say, just be like, listen, I feel like this hasn't been a two-way street and I feel like it's been unfair. Let me know what happens, guys, with both situations. Whether you're in a relationship that's serious or you don't know if you're going to with some girl. Please, feedback on Butterfly. Comment me however you want to do it. I'd really love to know. I'll talk about it, man. I'll shout you out and we'll talk about the situation. But see, I don't want my Bursey Effect listeners to only be knowing about sports and comedy and movies. I want them to know all the shit in life. The only thing that I would never really be able to help you guys with is math and science. And that would be a really shitty podcast if that was one thing that you could learn from me. All right, plugs for the week, everybody. What do we got going on? Tonight is Saturday. I'm doing two shows tonight. This will be posted up beforehand, so if you listen to this, you maybe can make a show. I will be at uh, 7 o'clock and 9.30. I will be opening for the hilarious Tony Rock at Levity Live Comedy Club in West Nyack, New York. Tomorrow at 7 o'clock, I will be also at the Palisades Mall opening for Tony Rock, which is the last show of the weekend. And at 9.25, I will be doing a spot in New York City tomorrow night. That's right. I have a 7 o'clock show at Levity Live tomorrow opening for Tony Rock. And then at 9.25, I have a regular spot at Stand Up New York on 78th and Broadway tomorrow night. I have a busy Saturday and Sunday here of shows Trying to bust out these new jokes and new material. That's that's kind of what I'm trying to do right now. And um, and that's it. So if you want to come out to a show, I'm going to try to see uh, WWZ <clears throat> before the next podcast. Actually, I think I'm definitely going to see it because I got to get the Man of Steel thing out of my system. Need to clean my palate, so to speak. Get that bad movie taste out of my mouth. So I may see that this weekend and I will review it next week for you. Also, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the brand new paulverzi.com is up. It's getting, uh, it's been the best pod- I mean, it's been the best uh, website I've ever had, and that's, I mean, if you look at it, you'll see it's a way more professional design. It's, it's just great, and I'm really happy with it. Uh, everybody gave me really positive feedback. It's got all up to date dates and shows, and there will be more added. Um, it also has the latest clip of me from the Artie Lang show on it, and it's, uh, it's just much neat, cleaner than the other one. And uh, I'm really happy with it. So please check that out. Also, follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. You guys were awesome. This is uh, episode 115. And um, look at this. Without even knowing, episode 115 is going to end in an hour and 15 minutes. Because I am at 114 and 20 seconds. So um, that's it. Uh, Please... Butterfly Radio message. Download the free app, Butterfly Radio. Also, uh, more uh, comments on iTunes. We'll keep growing this thing like we have been over the past two years. And I appreciate you all. Make sure you tell a girl in your life that's doing this to you what I said. Okay? I'm not here to ruin your relationship. If that happens, then, you know, it was your bad for taking my advice. But try that and see what happens. All right? And, um... And that's it. I guess sports is going to take a hit for a while. <laughs> take care, everybody. Until uh, one sixteen, I will talk to you then.